Am I too loud? Where's the iPad? I thought everyone who teaches here gets an iPad. Yeah, yeah, where's the iPad? Yeah. Uh, no, thanks, that's fine. <laughs> okay, all right, let's pray, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful time, and thanks for this opportunity you have given to me uh, to stand in front of the, with the, along uh, with the body uh, after many months. Abba, thanks for bringing me from death to life. So here I am, oh God, um, obeying your command. So may, you, may your name be lifted high. May your name be alive. May your word be alive here in this, um, uh, in this session. We praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. Let's read a couple of uh, passages and then, uh, and then we'll see what God has for us. Um, John, the Gospel, chapter 1. John, the Gospel, um, chapter 1, verse 6 onwards. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness among the light, about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. And Acts chapter 22, Acts chapter 22, Verse 12 onwards. And this is the account of uh, Paul and his um, beautiful encounter with Jesus Christ and the way he became a Christian. So, uh, Acts chapter 22, verse 12 onwards. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, well spoken by all the Jews who believed there, came to me and standing by me said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at the very hour, I received my sight and saw him. And he said, the God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear a voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And let's do Ezekiel. And chapter 43. Chapter 43, verse 8. By setting their threshold by my threshold and their doorpost beside my doorpost with only a wall between me and them. They have defiled my holy name by their abominations that they have committed. So I have consumed them in my anger. I just want to repeat those words in the first, um, first half of these, um, the verse. By setting their threshold by my threshold and their doorposts beside my doorposts with only a wall between me and them. Um, and let's do 
First John chapter five. Verse 11 and 12. Let's do from 10 onwards. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe, God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son. Whoever has a son has life. And whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this is the life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has a son has life. And whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Amen. So we've read a couple of um, passages. Um, mm, so today we're going to learn about the lifestyle of witness. Because, there is a, because you see John and then you see Paul and, and, and God is calling them to be witness. And we all know that we are called to be witness. Okay? So uh, Jacob has been teaching about threshold. And, then we, and last, last week he taught about the hindrances um, um, of these thresholds. And then now, now um, we have come to a place. A threshold means we have come to a place. We, are, we have reached this level and then we are looking for the next door to open. And, we are, and all of us, and in fact even me and then all of us, most of us, we are at a place where we know that, where we know that there is something uh, in front of us where we need to step into, where we, need to, uh, where we need to go into. The room is ready, we know that. So um, even in our spiritual lives and even our jobs and the work and then uh, with the moving and with all of this, we all know that as a church together, we are at a place we got to go and then step into the next level. And that's what we've been training on too. That's what we've been training for and we've been listening to for the past couple of months. In fact, um, uh, you got to be very uh, careful here because I just came from India. So you can, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a beautiful story. So like a couple of years ago, I went to, I went to, I went for a dinner um, here in Vancouver. So these are like beautiful um, senior couples. So I had dinner with them, and then I was sharing my story, and then they couldn't understand some words. Then I told them, I told them, oh, oh it's actually British English. Because I'm from India, and then we have more influence from British people than American. And then they told me that they actually worked at Oxford for 20 years. <laughs> and the guts, I have to say that it's British English. So, so you might hear some British English, some Canadian English, and some Indian English. But I hope Holy Spirit may convince you. <laughs> So yeah, so as a church and as a body together, we are at a place where where we are looking uh, to step into the next uh, next phase of our life. And by this time, we kind of have a sense where 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 God is going to take and which room God is going to take. But then the room, uh, we we kind of understand that. But if, in order to enter the room, we actually need to find the right door. We actually need to we need to need to step into the right door because door is the entrance of the room. 
because because so far so far we have learned about the intimacy with the father and we know that the god from isaiah chapter 22 and verse 22 he's the one who was holding the keys of the david on his shoulder and then he said in matthew chapter 16 he said i'm going to give you these keys i give you these keys of the kingdom whatever you open it will be open so god of the god of universe and this god he has trusted his sons and daughter his body on this earth to actually live a life that we're supposed to live in heaven. The, the Garden of Eden was, was like that. It is like a conjunction of this, this holy, beautiful of, uh, of heaven and the earth together. And then now we on this earth, as the, as the walking Garden of Eden, where we, bring, we carry the presence of God, we, care, we are connected with the spiritual world and the presence of God. And on this earth, we, we do things as we see things in heaven. And that's what we are called for. And... and and for that, God has given us the keys and he has prepared us. And then now we are at a place, each one of us, even at my own, own life, I am at a place where I need to find the right door. And the door is Jesus, always. He is the door. He is the door. And then from, from Ezekiel uh, chapter 43, we have learned that God is telling those guys, guys, you know, you know you have come to your threshold point. You know you have come to your threshold. And God is also saying that, I have my threshold. But what you guys are doing is that you're bringing your threshold and keeping that next to me. And I have a doorstep for you. I have a door for you. And you also have your own door. And you are bringing that and then, and then keeping that next to me and with just a wall where we're supposed to leave leave our doorsteps and our thresholds and catch his doorstep and catch his threshold and then step into his threshold. Because we might think we are at a place for the next step, but we got to be very careful with the Holy Spirit and then ask him, God, help me. Am I really um, at the right place to for the next step? Yeah, so for that to happen, um, as I was praying, for that to happen, um, this lifestyle, witness lifestyle is the most, uh, is, is, is very helpful. Because witnessing the power of Christ, witnessing what gospel has taught us, witnessing how he has transformed us, witnessing who he is, is actually, um, uh, it should be actually one of our DNA that we should never lose it. Yeah, um, I'll tell you, uh, so you're going to listen to most of the stories, beautiful stories, but these stories are actually from India, not from British. I just want to make sure that you understand the context. So, so yeah, um, when I, you know, I went to India for 17 days, but then God um, allowed me to stay there for 10 months, right? So when I first went there, uh, on Sunday, we were ready to go to church, and all of a sudden, um, there was a motorbike, and then three Three, two of uh, three young people. They came. Uh, they came to our home. We were ready to go uh, go to church. Uh, two of them. I know two of them. So they were on the three on the motorbike, and then there's a guy in the middle. They're uh, they're 21 years old uh, young guys, right? So uh, two of those guys we know, and the guy in the middle, he got a brain tumor. And uh, he couldn't even stand properly. He couldn't even remember anyone. Uh, he can't even speak. Um, he was just he was just hanging like this. They had to carry him. So we, uh, so I was about to go to church, and then right, and then we saw that, and then and those two guys came to me, and then they said, uh, "Brother, we should pray for this guy." And I am like, "Okay, we will pray for sure." And the guy goes, "No, we should pray for healing, right now, and then our God can heal." 
and, uh, and, and, and I've seen such a great faith in them because they played together. And then he's been struggling like that for the past six months. And then even doctors, they went for, he, went, he, went for, um, he went to the hospitals. Even they said there is a tumor and then it's growing. And um, uh, they need a lot of money uh, for the surgery. And then they don't have, surg- uh, have money. So they said, OK, we'll gather our money and then we'll come back to the surgery. So that's where they are at. And then these two friends, they brought him. And he's not from Christian background. He's from uh, Hindu background. And then we prayed. And then I was there. And then I said, you guys have greater faith. Why don't you guys pray? We all pray together. And those two guys, they laid hands on him. And then I was there and my mom and uh, some of our, our people were there. And then we all prayed uh, for that boy. And then I was like, okay, thank God. So they, they left. Two weeks later, not two weeks, almost a month later. That was December and then in January. We were having a, um, a camp uh, for the young adults. So all the teenagers were there. And then we were having a camp. And then I was there and then I looked. Um, at, at, the, at the sound system, and there is a one guy and then who is operating this sound, and that's this guy. He's completely healed. He's complete, and we and I was I said, what are you doing here? No, I'm arranging the sound. I'm the sound guy here. Because there are so many, so many teenagers here. We're talking about th- uh, at least 2,000 teenagers, right? So I don't remember most of them, but when I saw him, he's like, he's like yeah, I'm the sound guy here. I'm taking care of these, uh, the sound. I said, how are you doing? I said, oh, we're, we're doing well. And even after the camp, they, had a, they were playing uh, soccer. And then this guy was also playing soccer. He's completely healed. And then he's back. And he gave his life to Christ. Wow. I, it's amazing. But I, 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 th- I think uh, I believe that um, our lifestyle, our calling in the lifestyle is actually not to do stuff, but actually to witness what God is doing. That's what we are called for, and that's what, that's what uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and He shall come upon you, and then you will receive power, you will receive power to bear the witness, and then go to the end of, ends of the earth to bear the witness. That's what we are doing. Now the church, Acts 29, all of our people, some of them are in Ohio, some of them are in New York, and some of them, the best people are in Vancouver, here, right here, and then uh, enjoying and celebrating the presence of God. And what we're all doing is actually witnessing what Christ has done, what Christ is doing, and what Christ will do in our lives and through our lives in this world. The moment we take that responsibility and then put it on our shoulders, we are carrying the heaviest burden. And, and this witness life is beautiful life because you never operate from a place where you carry this heavy burden. It's always on the next person who is Jesus Christ. And then you are called to be there and then to watch and then to enjoy and then to praise God for whatever he's doing. There at the miracle that happened, we didn't do anything. But those guys, they have heard about Jesus Christ and then they knew that. When I saw them, the immediate picture that came to me and most of, for most of you, the immediate picture that might have come to your mind is where uh, in Jesus' times where people, four friends, carried the guy and then just landed in front of Jesus Christ. And that's what I saw him. It's like, okay, this, these people, they have faith and they are carrying this guy. And then one day this guy is going to walk without anyone's help. And that's what happened. We have witnessed that. And that's our calling. So, so I want to talk about that lifestyle um, uh, a bit more. So what do you mean by witness? What's the definition of witness? I just Googled it. So, <laughs> yeah, I want to be honest today. So uh, from uh, the, the definition of the witness, and then I changed a bit. Um, 
is that uh, it, it has two parts. It has two parts. One, the first one is, is actually to see. To see or to know by personal experience. The first part is to see or to know by your personal experience or, or with your own eyes. And then in biblical terms, um, uh, it, it's got to be personal experience. And the second part, the second part is um, to bear the testimony, to carry it, and then to bear, and then to share it. I feel so proud when people are taking notes. Wow. <laughs> I'm humbling myself but at the same time. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has two parts. I was, um, I was watching a documentary um, and, also, um, and also one of my deepest pain that I always ask was like, um, I mean, it's my personal question, but I always struggle with this question, was like, the gospel in India, uh, it's been there since the beginning of the church, because Jesus', Jesus disciple, uh, Thomas, he came to India, and then since then, the gospel was there. But still, in India, we, we only have 2.5 to 3% Christians, and I struggle with that, like, why? So, um, uh, and... and um, I think, I think um, I, I, the things that I've observed, even in my life, uh, the place where I got stuck was, is that the first part, I experienced the power of God. I experienced the healing of God. I experienced his, his strength. I experienced his redemption, power, redemptive love that has actually brought from the depths, brought from the bottomless pit and lifted me up and then placed me at a place. And even in the last trip from COVID, I've ex- God literally pulled me from the, from the class of the death, and then he made me alive, and then he, he allowed me to stand back again. So I experienced it, and that's a beautiful part of the witness, that you get to experience this wonderful power of Christ in your personal life. It becomes subjective. All the principles and the, all the ideas that were objective, they become subjective to your personal life. And then all of a sudden, the creator of the universe, and he has, he, he, uh, the creator of the universe, the one who created you, becomes your best friend, becomes your father, becomes the one whom you want to love, the one whom you want to you walk with. And what a beautiful witnessing, what a beautiful, beautiful relationship that is. And each one of you and every one of us in this world, if you go and then ask them, once you start to dig your life, then you start to understand, you start to see the beauty of his love over your life, that he never leaves you nor forsakes you. And there was not a single moment where uh, he has failed his words. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's so, so in love with you. And we, we get to experience that. And then not only, expe- not only we get to experience that, we also see with other people. We get to experience God as a body together. And then each one of us, each one of us tagging uh, each other. Okay, now um, if, you, if, you look at, if you look at young people in the church, uh, um, I'm also very young. So uh, <laughs> like five, six years ago when I got a job. That was the situation. I was I, I didn't have a job, and then and then uh, if you see X29 uh, jobless uh, positions like people who who are jobless, and then the, the 
in a majestic way how God actually gives the work uh, to people. It's like one story after the other. It's like, okay, okay, Jeevan, I'm done. Oh, hey, Don, okay, I got my job. Now it's your turn. And then Don comes in, and then God does a beautiful miracle in his life, and then he gets a job. And the next person, and the next person, and the next person. We get to experience God in the, in the community, in a beautiful, uh, in, the, uh, in the body. But then the next part is the most important thing too, where we take that and we start to share. And that is the witnessing um, lifestyle. One hand you experience it, on the other hand you start to release it, you start to share it. So I'm not just talking about, um, about the salvation, about sharing the gospel. We have to understand that the kingdom of God is, 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 is bigger than whatever we can think of. Gospel is the most important thing. We have to carry it at the same time. As we carry the gospel, there are so many elements into that where God has, God has called us with the different callings and gifts, and then we have to be at a place where we want to share them, where we want to open up and then, sh- and then let the world see that. And in fact, the first service, the, the service, the first thing we have started was like, I've been touched by a fire. Come, now see, let me watch burn. That's it. So... So this is the this is a witnessing uh, lifestyle. So the, so we wanna we wanna uh, we're gonna learn about what do we witness? What are we supposed to witness? So the first one um, from John chapter five and verse eleven and twelve. First um, John five verse eleven and twelve, which we read uh, we read. Um, the first one we we witness the finished and redeemed work of the Christ. We witness the finished and redeemed work of Christ. That the, the, the God who loved us, He has done it. He has, finished his, he has finished it long time back. He has finished it long time back. And then all we got to do is, is, is step in and then ask Him and receive it. And that's where we step in. That's where we step in. Now, uh, back in India, um, uh, this is Christmas season, and we started to do Christmas um, uh, in 200 villages. And this year, we want to uh, give 90,000 New Testaments. And then this, uh, last night, I was in a meeting with those guys, and they were telling me beautiful stories. They, they told me that they went to your village, and then uh, they want to usually street Christmas. Uh, the process goes like this. They, we pray for a village. We, we go there, um, and then we find a busy street, and then they, they put, a, put up a mat, and then they invite people. They invite kids. They invite families uh, because they're going to be there for, a, for an hour, and they, they sing some, some songs, and then they preach the gospel, and then they, uh, if they need a, if any anyone needs prayer, they pray for them and then give them Bibles if anybody wants and then they leave. So that's the, that's the street Christmas that the, they were doing. And then uh, they said that in one of the village where they want to go and then all of a sudden um, the radical people uh, who doesn't like Christianity, they stopped them. They said, you're not allowed to come into this village. They said, okay, so we don't want to, uh, we don't want to come. But then, um, uh, but then, uh, the, uh, but then uh, our, these guys said, we don't, if you don't allow us, we won't enter into this one. Because, because you're closing your doors for the mighty God. And when they start to use those words, one guy said, okay, why don't you guys come? We will see what you do. So then they're it. And then they have about 300 people. Ch- children and the young people and old people who were all going in that village. So they were all there and then even these guys were there. And you know the first one who accepted Christ? These people who have, 
who have tried to stop them. We have to understand that. I don't know where we get this notion that, okay, people are not actually interested in their spiritual lives. No. They're actually more hungrier than ever before. They're actually more hungrier than ever before. The light shines brighter in the darkness. And they're actually more hungrier. And then we are called to witness this finished and redeemed work of Christ. He has finished it, and it's ready, and it's available, and he has done it in a long time. The second one, the second one, we, we witness the will and the kingdom above. We witness the will, the will of God and the kingdom which is above, not this kingdom. As I, as I shared, shared this beautiful story um, in the video, I don't know if you have watched the video uh, when I was in India. Um, we wanted to build um, the, the girls' sewing factory who make T-shirts, T-shirts factory. We want to build, and then I went to India in December. So when I went there, God, I was praying in the land, and then God clearly spoke to me that by March 1st, you have to move into this place. So I went and then told our team, our guys, our family, we said, okay, guys, March 1st, we are moving there. And then they go, are you crazy? Because we already paid rent until March 31st. We have the contract till March 1st. And then I go, it's okay if you lose money, but we're going to move by March 1st. And they're like, God is the one who provided, and then we can stay there. And I'm like, no, we're going to move. And then they're like, because it's, it's end of January, and then March 1st is only two months. And then they said, it's impossible to build this building. But then God clearly spoke to me, and this is his will, which, which he spoke to me, which I believed in it, and that's the will, and that's that's how the kingdom works. Then I call these um, guys who are going to build it. And then I told them, I was like super excited. And I'm like, okay, guys, this is what we're going to build. Can you build it and give it to me by March 1st? And the guy said, no, this is impossible. And then I told him, I begged him, I said, please, because we have to move. We have to move. It's okay even if you don't construct the whole thing, but we are going to move. And the guy came back and then he told me, okay, I will hire more people and I will give it to you by February 28th. I'm like, okay, sure. So, you know, Indian times are very different, right? So, even though he said Feb 28th, and then we weren't able to move in by March 1st until March 1st, so March 5th. So, so, but March 1st, I've decided that, okay, we're going to move at any cost. So, even though the place wasn't ready yet, and even though we had the place until March 31st, and we moved all of the stuff, and then kept all the machines, all the computers, all these sewing machines, under, um, uh, under a tree in the open place, and then we covered them. We, we didn't even have a protective place for them, but we have to take risk because God told me so. So we went there, we came there, and then by March 5th, we were able to finish, and then we moved in. We had a beautiful inauguration, and then March 12th, a week later, we found out that there was a murder that happened in the, um, uh, in the old... Uh, just in front of the old place. And then the guys told me, the neighbors told me that you have done the greatest thing because if had you guys were here 
here at the time. They said about 400 people, they fought amongst each other because they saw a murder right in front of them and they were beating everybody. They, were, they destroyed the whole property. They broke the glasses. And, then they, and he said, if you were here, then you wouldn't even have a chance to even take a, take a pin from, from that place because, because of the murder. They would seal everything. And then they said, and then the guy said, your name, your company's name would have become the reference point for this murder in the news. The enemy knows that we, we stayed there for four years and that we wanted to move out and the enemy has planned to destroy us on March 12th. But God, the one who knew it all before, he has allowed us, to, he has given us his will to come out of that place and move even before the enemy has done something. As a children of God, and that's what the, even the prayer uh, that Jesus taught to his disciples uh, teaches us that his will, however happens in the kingdom, should happen here because we, we, we belong to that kingdom. Amen. We follow that rule. We follow that process. We follow him. We follow his ways on this earth and show the world that, hey, actually, we belong to somewhere else and our citizenship is not here. Yeah? So that's the second one. And the third one, what do we bear? What do we witness? The third one. Acts chapter 22, verse 15. Acts 22, verse 15. Verse 15, it says, For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. The church, the call of the church to be, to bear the witness of everything what we see in kingdom, in spirit, and what we hear presently. Because he is alive. The only God who is alive is Jesus Christ. Yeah, I come, from my, I come from a place where you have so many gods, and then everyone who claimed God, they still have their tombs, they still have their uh, death anniversaries. But there is only one God who is alive and active even today. And the church and us, we should never stop at some place where we have heard him before, and then we should never stop because he's proceeding, he's moving, and we got to move with him. And we have to bear witness of the things you see today are very recently, are present, and here, very recently. So that's why it's that's that's where that's where the witnessing power comes. As you keep as you keep seeing in the spirit what he is doing, and then you we will be able to see that in this in this physical reality. As we hear him every day, we walk and then we 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 move our lives along with him. So we, we, the church, and then, you, and then I have to bear witness to the things that what I see today in him. Which means it requires a constant relationship, a communion with him all the time. And that's where he is. He is so committed to that. If there is anyone who is so committed to have a beautiful communion and relationship with you, and that is Jesus alone. Because he has put his spirit in us who never leaves at any cost, at any situation. He's always there to connect with us. 
So that, uh, that's one of my frustration um, with the back home with the people, with our leaders, some of the leaders, because they had such a beautiful, powerful stories, but they got stuck. They, start, they still witness for the things that happened before, which is good, which is amazing, which needs to be done. But then they have not, they have missed witnessing him with the present, recent things that God is doing. And we have to move with him. We have to walk with him and then see what God is doing in this world today and recently in our life and start witness to that. And that's where the power comes. That's where the doors open because the times are changing. People are changing and you know God is moving to meet everyone where they are at with his love. Amen. Next one. So how does this witness lifestyle look like? How does this witness lifestyle look like? The first one. It's a lifestyle of sent one. It's a lifestyle of sent one. Because we are never meant to witness alone. Because Holy Spirit is there. That's what Paul says. The Holy Spirit in us who bears witness. And when we are witnessing, what we are witnessing is, is that we are not by ourselves. We are actually sent by him. It's a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful relationship, right? So, so we, when we accept Christ, we become sons and daughters. So our identity is who we are. Um, uh, who we are becomes like we are his son. But at the same time, we connect with him as a son. But then at different times, we, we take different roles and we witness who God is. There are times where we, where we need to weep. There are times where we, we fight. There are times where, where we go and preach the gospel. There are times where we wait. Yeah. And then he is the one who gives us power. So that's what, that's, what, uh, that's what John chapter 7 and verse 18 says. Like Jesus is the one. Jesus always seeks the one who um, seeks the glory of one who sent him. And then he says, you believe in me. If you believe in me, you will also believe in the one who sent me. He always takes his place from him who has sent. And when we go to witness, when we go to witness, be it sharing the gospel or be it writing a blog or be it making a video or going to work, to, uh, to, to, uh, going to work whatever, wherever God is calling you, wherever he's taking you, whenever you want to go and, uh, uh, and witness his power, his help and his, his presence right there, always remember that we are sent by him. And when we are sent by him, he, the one who sent you is the one who is going to provide you, who's going to protect you, who's going to give you opportunity, who's going to give you strength. And you never work. You never work. It's only the one who has sent you will empower you to stand there and to see the power of God come alive in that place. And the moment you think that, okay, maybe I need to do this one, you carry the burden. A Christian life is that um, it's like we know who we are, so what I, who am I, what I do, and then what we witness. And this is the way, right? So you know who you are, out of who you are, you start to do, you start to act, and then out of that, you start to witness. 
The first miracle that happened after church was born, where John and Peter, they were at this temple, and then they saw this beggar, and then they said, they, uh, uh, they said, okay, we see you, and then we don't have silver and gold, but we know what we have. We give you in Jesus' name, rise up. They know who they are. And then they did, because out of that, because they know that they are, they are, they are sons of God, and then they, they like, we don't have any silver, we don't have any gold, but we know what we, what we have. And then they, they asked him to uh, raise up, and then he did. They witnessed his miracle. But people who are not belong to the body yet, their life, their journey starts from what they witness. What they witness, that's where their life starts from. Out of the witness, then they step into they get to do something. And then they understand their, they understand, they get to their, their identity. That's how, that's how we got our identity. Someone told us the gospel, or someone came and then preached the gospel, or we have seen the miracle of God, or we have seen the goodness of God. We have witnessed it, and then we start to say, okay, Father, I turn to you. Can you forgive me? Can you take me as your son? And then Jesus says, I've done it. I've been waiting for you. And then he asks us, and then we get new identity. As the children of God, we get the new identity, and that identity is the sonship. And out of sonship, he sends you as a witness. So this witness lifestyle always looks like sent one. That when they see you, when they see you at different places, they don't actually, they see you, but they see Jesus in you. They see that there is someone who is behind you, who is working for you. So it's always a sent one lifestyle. Always, never forget that, 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 that there's a God who has sent you. There's God who is with you. And he, he wants you to be there to see his power and majesty and the love so that you worship him. The second one, from Matthew chapter 11 and verse 21, 29, the second, this lifestyle is a lifestyle of rest. It's a rest lifestyle. It's a rest lifestyle. That's what happens when you come to him. He gives you rest. He gives you rest. He gives you rest at the same time. He gives you that rest is, uh, and also he keeps, he puts his yoke on you, which is light. That you're not, you're never work, you're never without work. You're always there, but this, is, this comes from rest. This comes from knowing that he has already finished. What I'm here is declaring what he has promised, and I'm going to see it. So it's, it comes from a rest lifestyle. It's like a rest. It's like, it's like you, you fight battles, you take the battles, and then uh, and you know, you, you experience this immense peace that surpasses all understanding because you know who has called you, you know who has put you here, and then you know where he's going to take you, but you don't know how, but that's where faith comes in, and you trust his process. Rest. Because the sent one bears all the weight. He bears the, all the weight. And then today I pray, today I pray that if we, if we are carrying any burden, whatever it is, any burden, even the burden of growing in the Lord, whatever it is, any burden, I pray, and Jesus calls all of us to come and then to lay our burden there and then to carry and then to take his rest on our shoulders and his yoke, which is light. It's important to switch that. Otherwise, we get used, we get used uh, to carry this burden, and this burden becomes part of our life until it is actually taken away. Then we feel the light. Yeah? 
The third one, from Acts chapter 1, 8. It's a lifestyle of empowered, empowered by the power of Holy Spirit. It's a lifestyle of empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. When I was in India, it was about 11.30 in the night, and then all of a sudden I got a video call from a, uh, from a different village. And then this guy called me up, and then he said, Anna, brother, uh, my grandmother is demon-possessed. I'm like, show me. <laughs> I want to see her. And I saw her, then I'm like, okay, stop. <laughs> I want to see your face. <laughs> because she was acting so crazy, so weird. Because she went to buy a refrigerator uh, in the next uh, town, but then she, was, uh, she came very late, and then one of the, uh, this guy was driving, and then she was uh, behind him, um, and then as he was driving, and then all of a sudden, she started to change her voice. All of a sudden, she started to change her name and then act so weirdly. And, um, and they, they, they brought to the village, and they started to beat her so that the demon would leave, and the demon wouldn't leave. Um, and then he called me, and then he said, he said, Anna, this, this, my grandmother, Anna, She's, she's, she, everybody's beating her, and, and I, it's hard for me to watch. And then I saw her, and then she was, she was, uh, she was with the demon possessed, and I, didn't, uh, and I told him, do you want me to come? But it's already 11.30, and it's, very, it's, not a, it's, not, it, it's not a safe journey for me to go. Then I started to pray. I started to pray. I said, I told the guy, uh, what do you want? I, said, I told him, I have two options here. One, uh, I'll come tomorrow early morning. Two, you get to pray for her. And he's like, oh, no, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to pray because if I pray, then what if, I, what if the demon doesn't leave? What if the demon catches? Then I told him, I told him what the Bible teaches. I told him the authority we get. I told him, I told him, um, I told him how this works. It's like I opened the scripture. I said, oh, do you have a Bible? And then oh, one scripture after the other. And then after teaching, I told him, again, I have two choices. One, do you want me to come tomorrow with, our, with some of the boys? Or do you want to pray now? And he said, I will pray now. And as we were watching, right, so he put, he put the camera, he gave the camera to someone else. And then as he was watching, he went and then he started to pray and then, and then he, was, he was shivering. But at the same time, I start, we started to pray again, right? And then all of a sudden, the guy who was shivering, the guy who was not, not uttering the words properly, he went and then he, um, uh, he, he went and then he hugged his, his grandmother and then he started to cast out the demon. It's like, in Jesus' name, with the authority that he has given, I don't have anything in me but only the power of the Holy Spirit in me. And then I pray in Jesus' name, be gone. I have the screen, uh, screen recording of the video if you want to see. Be gone. And the demon, they, the demon has no way, no way to act any other way than the commandment that comes from the Spirit of God. His grandmother was completely free. She sat down and then uh, the next day we went and then she was uh, cleaning her dishes. We are empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that comes only when we align with the scripture and then we believe what he has written for us and what he has done in our life. What was the reference that you gave in that text? 1-8. Uh, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes. Yeah. Our lives are... And, and, the, and he's the one who's always there to, there to, there to empower us. It's beautiful and we know the love of the Father where He wants uh, us to enjoy His work along with Him by co-partnering with Him. 
I thought this guy was going to go and then stretch his hand and then command the demon. But this guy went and hugged his grandmother, started to pray. And God knows his heart. And God knows, and the Holy Spirit empowered him. Yeah? That's a, life, that's a witness lifestyle. Is always empowered by the Holy Spirit because he's the one who's doing the work. And we are there to witness. And then he gives us strength and courage and boldness. Fourth one. It's a lifestyle that we know what's going to come, but we don't know how it's going to happen. We know what's going to come. We know what's going to happen. We pray for redemption. We pray for um, uh, things to move. We pray for things to shift. We know. But then it's a lifestyle where we don't know how it's going to happen, but we still trust the one who has given the word. Because God's will is not what happens. It's actually what he says. We always, we should, we should never check his promise based on what's happening, but actually what he said, what he says. Always go back to what he said, what he told you, because that's how you began. That's how you started your journey, because he said something and then you started to walk in it. Yeah, so it's a, life, it's, it's, it's a lifestyle that we know what's, what's going to come, we know what's going to happen, but we don't know how. And that's where, that's, where, that's where our faith comes in, trusting his ways. Trusting his ways. And his ways are always higher than us. And seven, uh, next one. Sixth one. Um, pardon? Fifth one, right? Yeah. Okay, fifth one, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I want to skip points because I told someone that I'm going to talk for 20 minutes. And I have a feeling that we passed the 20 minutes long time back. So, <laughs> Okay, so, okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. They, okay, it's a lifestyle. Um, um, <laughs> it's a lifestyle that transforms you. The more you witness, you are transformed and you are empowered. And your hunger increases. And the power you receive increases. And the opportunities to live that life increases. So... As I said, in the camp, um, I saw this guy setting up the mic, right? So I asked him, why don't you stand up and then share the story? He said, no, 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 no. I don't even know how to say. I don't even know how to say praise the Lord. Because he comes from a different background, right? I said, don't worry about it. Just, just be who you are and just say what, whatever has happened, right? So this guy was already shivering, and then I pulled him, and then I was next to him. I laid my hands on him, and I said, do it. Share it, share it, share it. I was just pushing a little bit. And then he started to share. And then all of a sudden, the guy who takes care of the property, the watchman, um, he, he disturbed us. He's also not a Christian. He comes from a different background. But he came and then he disturbed us. And the guy himself was already shivering. <laughs> the guy came and was like, no, 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 can you guys talk uh, on this phone? 
I said, well, I said, no, 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 we will talk uh, on the phone, but let him finish. But the guy said, no, 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 my daughter is on the call. Can you please talk to her? Like, uh, like, okay, we will talk, but let him finish. The guy's like, no, 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 please talk first. So then we were like, okay. And, um, uh, we started to talk. She was on the loudspeaker, and then she started to uh, talk, and then she said, I have a daughter who is, who, is four, who is four and a half years old now. And then she got a disease where her stomach and then her legs and then her hands and entire body, swall uh, uh, body uh, swells so much, and then even the water started to ooze out from the, st from the tummy. And we took her to hospital and then they said um, they can't do anything and then and then even the tests are expensive but then she said um, she said uh, my uh, family who is uh, uh, who is next to me they always talk about Jesus Christ and uh, that Jesus heals and then we have heard it and then now she said now my dad called me and then said he heard a story where the boy is completely healed can you guys pray for my daughter too and then we prayed for the daughter. I wish I can. I think Jacob might have shown you the picture. I, I'll show you the picture before and after. It was so beautiful. Um, we, started, we all started to pray. We all started to pray. And then uh, after two weeks or so, they came uh, to us. And then she, uh, she started to get well. Um, uh, God started to heal her because of the, uh, she started to eat. And then the swelling started to go down. And then in a month, uh, she was completely healed. She was completely healed, and then she came. She came up. She came up. The girl. She came up, and then she told that Jesus Christ healed me. I told my grandfather that um, uh, why don't you go to church? Because if you go to church, he will also heal you. And the and the and the grandfather said, No, I don't want to go to church because if I go to church, then the whole village will shame me. But then she said, because within that one month, what we did was we built a church in that property, which is right in front of his home. So, and, and, now, and then now she's telling, you said you were, you were ashamed to go to church, which is a, uh, to a different village. And then now the God of uh, this creation, he came right in front of your home. How can you escape now? Wow. For a four and a half year old girl to say that, those words. Beautiful. The more we started to witness, the more it creates more excitement and hunger to see the hand of God moving because he's alive and he's active and he's everywhere and he's out of his sheer love and mercy which, is, which overflows from his heart will actually touch the lives and change the lives. And we get to see the taste of his beautiful, beautiful heaven. Beautiful, beautiful presence. Yeah, I pray. I pray that this hunger increases. I pray that so that when hunger increases, the power um, that we experience increases, and then we get the more opportunities to his to uh, to see his power, and then we get to praise him more and more. Praise God for who he is. Praise God. So next one. What are the things that hinder? That hinder that stop uh, this lifestyle. What can hinder? Our witness lifestyle. The first one. The first one. Expecting Holy Spirit to witness to our own reason. To our own reason than His way. 
that can be the huge hindrance. To expect him to help us to see this witness, to see this thing happen in our own reason, for our own reason, for our own ways. And I've, I've experienced that so many times. I've gone through that so many times. And then that actually pushes me into uncertainty. Especially when the COVID uh, thing was happening, we were helping families. We were helping families to come out of the COVID, um, uh, to come out of the COVID, and then uh, and you know, you know, as people of God, we have so many beautiful ideas, and then we want to go, and then we want to help them in our own way, just like how Jesus, how uh, uh, God said in Ezekiel. So He has His own doorstep, and then we bring, and then we say oh, our door, and then say Jesus, this door is the best because they can uh, they can do much better, and then no, 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 it's actually His which is important so so we go and then we uh, we we were like okay god do this for them uh, uh, or else uh, oh god deliver her in this way there are so many girls who uh, who was being abused and then we go and then we say but why don't you just uh, uh, take them this way and then that way and then um, and and we expect god to uh, do whatever he said but in our own reason in our own way and when thing doesn't happen in our own way that's when we get discouraged and that becomes a hindrance. When you want to witness, you have to give him, you have to give him room. You, we need to allow him to happen. We need to allow him to work in his own way. And trusting that you have said this, I know I will reach there. I know I will witness this one, but in your own way. Yeah, let's not push him. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not uh, expect uh, him. To work in our own ways. I was um, uh, there's one girl whom uh, uh, we have helped uh, um, uh, her, and then I was meeting her, and then she told me. I said I asked her. She was in. She was at a at, at a place where uh, she was. She wasn't sure which way to go, and then we were there, and then we asked her. Uh, one of our team guy he asked her, and then said, "So what do you want to become? What do you, what is your will? What do, what do you want to do?" And then she stood up, and then she said, "It's not important what I want to do." To me, I came to a place where I want to know what he loves to do in my life and turn that as my desire. So can you guys help me to find out what he loves to do in my life? She completely changed her way to actually find what he loves to do in our life and then wants to take that as the direction for her life. And she's 19, 20, and we were like blown away. Like, praise God. So, so, so that something hinders us because we go and we expect God to do in a different, in, a, in some way, and then that doesn't happen. And then, but then children of God, as sons of God, we know that his ways are so higher, and, and we, we have to stick with him. We have to hang on to him, even when we came to the end of the rope. The second one, the second one. It's from uh, Acts chapter 1 and 7. The desire to know times and seasons. The desire to know times and seasons can actually hinder this witness lifestyle. Sometimes we go on, sometimes I go on, how long should I wait, God? How long should I wait? When this is going to shift? When this is going to happen? How long should I wait? And this actually hinders our lifestyle. And that's why the next verse, it says that, um, Acts chapter verse, uh, 1, verse 7 and 2, and he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or season that Father has already fixed uh, in his own authority, but you will receive power. 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, that you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all the earth. So the desire to know the times and seasons sometimes hinders our lifestyle. But remember that always, re always rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Always rely that He is there. You don't need to know the times and seasons sometimes, but He is there to cover you and then to empower you and to help you to walk through. Yeah, the last one. The last one. Seeking self-promotion or self-glory. Yeah, seeking self-promotion and self-glory. We know that authority comes with the intimacy. Authority comes with the intimacy, but at the same time, Jesus said, the, the authority is actually given to people who wants to glorify the one who gave the authority. The authority is always given to people who wants to glorify him. Yeah. I'm done. Last section. So what do you need now? As a church, what do we need to have this lifestyle? That's the last section. And I'm done. It's what do we need to live this lifestyle? What do we need? The only thing we need is, is the desire and urge because Holy Spirit is always there to empower us. the desire. When you have the des this desire, then the, as we said, this witnessing becomes our own experience. And then we start to move with that. We start to witness. Yeah, we have, we sh yeah, we should expect more from God. We should expect, um, we should have this desire. Lord, I want to be a witness to you. And there are people who have been doing that and you've been doing that. And now I pray that um, I pray that we don't live we don't leave this um, this element of our DNA when we step into next phase of our life, next room of our life. That this becomes as a part of our DNA. That wherever we go, even in the next phase, we see more opportunities to actually witness. Yeah, let's pray. Can we sing the same song? I've been touched by a fire. Yeah, and then we close. Yeah, and we'll pray. Out of this, what do you want to? What do you want to uh, receive? Uh, we want to. We want to see more opportunities uh, for us to witness, and we want to see. Um, we want to. We want to experience more of Him in our personal lives. Yeah, Father, we pray. Um, Start. Yeah.